You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. So a couple of years ago, uh, Pastor Jeremy and the leadership at Renovation kind of challenged the church a little bit to do a fast. And they were talking about how um, the, the discipline of fasting, of taking something away so that we can better seek God. And so Jeffrey and I decided together that we were gonna do this three-day fast from food. And so we started on a Wednesday night. And on Thursday... Jeffrey and myself had FCA at Clemson. And one, first off, FCA, Jeffrey and I still don't know how in the world we were able to operate this late. But FCA starts at 9.19 at night. It is so unbelievably late. I know some of y'all are like, that's my happy time. That's not my happy time. That's just, it's just not how it is no more. But starts at 9.19 and after leading worship, after doing all the stuff, hanging out with people, everybody goes to cookout. And so Jeffrey and I hadn't eaten already at this point for over a day. And our ding-dong selves decide that we're gonna go to cookout with everybody else. So while everybody is slurping down milkshakes and eating big double burgers and tearing up quesadillas and ranch wraps and whatever it is that you order in your tray at cookout, Jeffrey and I are sitting there drinking water. And let me tell you something, that was a bad idea from the start because it was miserable. And Eventually, we made it through Thursday night. Friday wasn't as terrible as we thought it was going to be. Saturday wasn't terrible because we were able to break our fast. But it got me thinking as I was thinking through this message that honestly, as people, it's sometimes really hard to operate when you're hungry, isn't it? Don't y'all know that universally known term of hangry? How many of y'all have been hangry within this week? How many of y'all hangry right now? How many of y'all hangry last night? There you go, right? So some of y'all been hangry, but it's hard to operate, right? Because when you're trying to think rationally about schoolwork or about the game that you're in or for adults about the meeting that you should have been an email that you're in or whatever, right? It's hard to think. And here's the thing. What we're gonna be talking about tonight is spiritual hunger and physical hunger They both involve the word hunger, but they both are very, very different because one of them is far, far, far more important than the other one. We need food to survive. But what we see is that our bodies are one day gonna perish. As you guys know, it's kind of morbid to think about it, everybody gonna die. But our souls, our souls are gonna live for forever. And so what we see is that we live in a world that constantly goes to food for comfort, right? I know after a long day, you know what I wanna do? I wanna go home, I wanna tear up some food, and then I wanna have the biggest, massivest bowl of ice cream known to humanity. And I'm not even gonna put a flavor on it because it's probably gonna change depending on how that day was, right? Or maybe it's at night. I love, Ellie and I love to have some popcorn every single night. We be dogging on some popcorn. It is the best thing ever. And what happens is I eat my bowl and like, 3.2 seconds, and I'm just praying that Ellie's not that hungry that night so I can have like more than 80% of her bowl, right? But as people, we turn to food for comfort. And a lot of times when you think about it, realistically, we turn to food when we're stressed or when we're upset 
when we had a long day. And what we need is we need Jesus. We need our souls to be fed. And Jesus actually talks about this in the passage that we're gonna be looking at tonight. We're picking up right after the feeding of the 5,000, right? And then Jesus walks on water. And after that, they land instantaneously at the, at the, at back on land where they're going. And the people ask him, where you been, Jesus? And that's what we're gonna pick up in John chapter six, verse 25. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For, him, for on him, God the father has placed his seal of approval. They asked him, what must, we do, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. First point is this, is that food doesn't fill us. And so Jesus and his disciples, they land after he walked on the water. They land on land. The people are asking him, hey, where you been? And Jesus says, you're not looking for me because you know that I'm the Messiah. You know that I'm the son of God. You're not looking for me because you saw the signs to point that Emmanuel, God with us is here. You're looking for me because I miraculously fed 5,000 people. That's why you're looking for me. And Jesus then goes on to tell the disciples that you guys are working for food that spoils. And there's food that doesn't spoil and there's food that does spoil. And in this context, thinking about the ancient context, thinking about what we've read in John chapter six and John chapter five, remember after Jesus healed the person on the Sabbath, remember after he fed the 5,000, Remember after, after he healed the official, it's the official son, what happened? The people tried to make him king because they were under an oppressive government, the Romans, and they wanted him to be king. And Jesus told the people, I'm not here to become king over the Romans. I'm here for something greater than that. The people were looking for Jesus to be something and he was something even greater than that. He said that they were working for food that perishes. So let's think about this. If I go to the store and I get some ribeye steaks and they look real, real good, good cut, whatever, right? I go home and I leave them out on the counter and I totally forget about them. And then I gotta be at work early the next day and I forget they're still sitting on the counter. I get home late the next night. I go right to bed. I forget my ribeye sitting on the counter. It's been two days at this point. I wake up that next morning. I wonder why it smells bad. What's that smell? The ribeye, right? What happened to it? It's spoiled, right? It should have been refrigerated, it spoils. What happens if I leave ribeye in the refrigerator for a year and a half? What's gonna happen? It's gonna stink, right? Your fridge is gonna smell horrible. What Jesus is saying is that there are things that you are working for right now that the shelf life is not for all eternity. They're not going to keep for all eternity. To put it into our context, there are things that we're chasing after. 
things. Maybe it's the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Maybe it's the championship. Maybe it's the next prestige in COD. Maybe it's trying to keep up with every single fashion trend that you see. Maybe it's you're gonna spend eight and a half hours on a TikTok dance before you post a reel and try and get this amount of likes and this amount of views on the reel. And Jesus is saying, at the end of the day, those things are all gonna fade. Those things don't last for forever. They're gonna spoil. They don't have a long shelf life. But there is something that does last for forever. So he tells them, don't work for food that spoils, but work for the thing that does not spoil. And what is that? What must we do to do the works of God? The work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. So exactly what you just said, it's Jesus. And it starts with believing. You see, the foundation of growing into this work that, or this food that doesn't spoil is to just believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Because Jesus is the thing that lasts for forever. Let's keep going, okay? So picking up in verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. All, or for, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. And this is the Jew, and, and at this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? So point number two is this, Jesus is the bread of life. We just talked about how there's food that spoils, there's chasing after things that aren't gonna last forever, and there's Jesus who is forever. And he is this food that doesn't spoil. He is the bread of life. So who do we need to believe in? We need to believe in Jesus. And you see, at the end of this passage, the Jews, they get upset at Jesus because he says, I'm the bread of life. And then they say, well, why is Jesus? He's, he's, he's son to Joseph and he's son to Mary. How in the world is he saying that I came down from heaven? They get upset and they get super upset at this statement that Jesus makes. And he says this, he says, I am the bread of life. And this I am statement has a very, very, very long history. It actually starts in Exodus chapter three, verse 14. Um, and, and it's in the story of Moses in the burning bush. Raise your hand if you've heard the story of Moses in the burning bush. Yeah, so a lot of you guys. So for those of you guys who've heard it, here's a refresher. For those of you guys who have not heard it, I'm gonna tell you for the first time and I encourage you to go read it in Exodus chapter three. But Moses is about to lead God's people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And what happens is he is walking around and he sees this bush that's on fire, but the bush doesn't get burnt to a crisp. And he's watching it and literally nothing's changing. The shape, the form, it's all staying intact. So obviously, as you and I would do, if we see something on fire and it's, nothing's happening to it, we're gonna walk over to it and check it out, see what's going on. And he goes there and the bush calls to him, says, Moses, Moses. And Moses is even more confused, right? And it's actually God speaking to Moses through the bush. 
God tells Moses to take his sandals off because it's holy ground. And he proceeds to tell Moses that he is actually going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. That God has seen them in slavery and captivity, being poorly treated. God cares and he wants Moses to be the person that leads them out. And Moses is obviously confused and he asks, he asks God, he doesn't know who it is at this point. He's like, well, who in the world are you? Who am I supposed to tell Pharaoh told me to get all these people out? And God says, I am that I am. That's a weird statement, isn't it? Doesn't make a lot of grammatical sense, does it? But what he is saying that God, God is. God has always been. God will always be. God is. God has never been created. God is creator. He's existed for all time. God is. If you put an equal sign next to God, it equals God. There's nothing that rivals in comparison to God. And when Jesus says this statement, I am, he's saying, I am God. I am Messiah. If you put an equal sign next to my name, you get Jesus. Nothing can rival in comparison. And so of course, it's gonna get these people frustrated who are confused, who have heard about this person that's gonna come in the future. Jesus is saying, I am that person. I am the bread of life. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, if your spirit is sick, if your spirit is depressed, if your spirit is downcast, I am the bread of life. I am the food that your soul needs. What else do we see Jesus say? We see that, that Jesus will never, ever, ever drive his people away. He says that he will not cast them out. So Jesus doesn't care about your morning breath. Jesus doesn't care about your crazy hair, about your crazy life. He doesn't care that you feel like you're not well liked. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that you feel like you're not worth it. You see, because we also see that we are actually drawn by God. And an easy way to recognize that, an easy way to understand that is that God took the first step. Scripture says that while we were yet dead in sin, Christ died for us. So if you feel like you aren't cared, that nobody cares for you, Jesus died for you. Check again, you're wrong. We're drawn by God and Jesus will never cast us out. He doesn't care what you look like, doesn't care what you smell like, doesn't care what your life looks like. He loves you, he died for you. So if your soul is hurting, if your soul feels like it's good, if your soul is on the mountain, if your soul is in the valley, your soul needs Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life that never spoils. Let's keep reading. So in verse 43, stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. No one who has seen the Father except the one who is from God, only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for, for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. 
And whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Point number three is this, choose you this day. So Jesus talks a lot about eating his body and drinking his blood. And it's kind of confusing, right? I'll tell you this, Jesus is not encouraging cannibalism. Jesus is not telling the people to literally like start eating his arm or something. He is not telling them that at all, okay? But what is he saying? Well, let's think about when we eat something. If I'm sitting here and there's a cake right here, the cake starts outside of my body and I take a bite and I eat it and then I ingest it and it's in my body, right? What Jesus is telling the people is you can see me, is you've heard about me, you've seen the signs, you've seen the miracles. For us, we have heard the gospel, we've heard that Jesus has died for us, we've seen people on their knees praying and worshiping and talking about how good God is. He's saying you have to actually make a choice to believe to bring him from the outside in to your heart. You have to believe. You have to actually ingest the message of the gospel and bring it into your innermost being. Because this is the challenge that I have for you with this point, choose you this day. So many of you guys ride on the coattails of your grandma being a praying woman or your mom being a praying woman or your small group leader is so righteous. You are always able to tell your friends, well, I go to a church and Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Matt, they're awesome. And we go every Sunday and Wednesday. I'm tired of hearing about that. Your friends are tired of hearing about that. You know what's gonna show your friends that God is real? When you as a middle schooler or you as a high schooler is able to say, you know what I was learning from God this week? You know what I was learning in the Bible this week? They don't wanna hear about your small group leader who they don't know. They don't wanna hear about what I said. They wanna hear what God is teaching you. You see, in order for faith to be the foundation for your life, it has to be your faith. Can't be my faith can't be Matthew's faith. It's gotta be yours. And so Jesus is saying, make a decision. Stop riding the line. Choose you today. And so that's my challenge for you as students is to choose today. Who is it that you serve and who is Lord of your life? So this is what I want us to do. I want us to take a second and the first question that I'm gonna ask you guys is actually one I want you to think about yourself, but have you actually believed in the message of Jesus and confessed with your mouth? Believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that he is Lord, because that's the first step. Jesus tells us that. They ask, how can we do the works of God? He says, believe. How do I get eternal life? You believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died for you. And so first things first, I want everybody to bow our heads. We're gonna have a couple of different prayer topics to think about and respond to. But with every head bow, with every eyes closed, if you have not made the decision to follow Jesus, 
what I want you to do is I want you to say this prayer with me. And I want you to recognize that he made the first step, that you may feel worthless, but he thought you were worth it enough to die for you. That he came, he lived a perfect life, that he's God's son. He died on a cross for you and that he rose again three days later. And if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we will be saved. So if you've never made that decision tonight, I want you to say this prayer after me. You can repeat it in your heart. You can say it, but say, dear God, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I've messed up. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for living a perfect life, and for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you are Savior. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision tonight, I want you to tell your small group. I want you to tell me. We're gonna celebrate. The next thing that I want every single one of you guys to think about yourself is this. And then I want you to ask God, Lord, would you give me faith to trust you in my life more? Let's all ask the Lord for that right now. Now these next couple of questions, I'm gonna ask you, and I'm actually gonna, uh, I want you to write them down in your bulletin or your notebook, whatever you use, because tonight we're gonna actually talk about those questions in our small group. So pull out your bulletin, pull out your notebook, whatever. But I want you to, to answer these questions and then we're gonna talk about them. I'm just gonna read them to you and then we're gonna give you some time to answer them, okay? So the first question is this, is what, are areas in your life where you are going after material things and not Jesus. Like what we talked about, the food that spoils and the food that doesn't spoil. Am I chasing this boyfriend or girlfriend and putting them on a pedestal above God or, or the grade or the championship or the TikTok or whatever it may be, right? What are the priorities in my life? The next question is this, what area of your life are you not trusting God in much? Maybe you have a friend who doesn't believe in God and you feel like you should talk to them, but you just don't know where to start and you're not trusting that God has equipped you for that moment and that he cares for you and that he'll give you the words to say, to share to them what the love of Jesus has looked like in your life. And the last thing is what fears are you not laying at the feet of Jesus? What's holding you back for truly living a life laid down for the kingdom of God. So I want you guys to respond to those questions in your notebooks, write down your answers, and then we're gonna move into a time of worship before small groups after this. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.